I'm so happy to be here. Me too. How the hell are you guys? Really good. Good, good. Can you believe that we are almost to Lepidstad? Finally. Well, is it going to have to roll a fortitude save against me? Okay, okay, yeah. Um, I was going to get to that. <laughs> trying to have some niceties first, but okay. Ease us in. Surat was just like straight in. No, I'm a dry guy. Going in dry. But if Lepidstad <laughs> succeeds on its fortitude save, does it just reject Ozil like Ozil's trying to reject the poison? Does Lepidstad have a bonus against Ozil? <laughs> Plus five saves versus Ozil. Ozil or Ozil-like abilities? Yeah. <laughs> I bet there's exactly. something in a stat block that we can pretend is that. <laughs> so, here we are again. What is this? Episode 1413? 13. Oh, just 13. 13. Well, that was in there. That was part of it. Lucky 13. You guys remember that we started this show on Friday the 13th? Mm-hmm. Spooky. Did we really? Ten years ago. Ten long years ago. Yeah, we probably weren't exactly ready to release at that time, like 100%, but it's like, oh, tomorrow's Friday the 13th, uh, we gotta be spooky. It worked out. And you did it, yeah. And now, we're famous. Household name. <laughs> That's a bit of a stretch. Four people know us. All right, maybe we're not famous, but four amazing people have been reaching out and showing us a little bit of support through our Patreon. First up, we have Aaron out of the UK. Good buddy Aaron, a.k.a. the slowest mouse. Mr. Squiggles mascot. Where in the UK was he, Ryan? <laughs> well, here, here, here's his address. Write this down. Um, yeah, let's dox him. <laughs> I, I believe it was Wales. Wales. <laughs> International. Up next, we got Falcon Wolf, a.k.a. Um, Do we actually want to be giving first and last names or just handles? Yeah, they just give their handles. So... Yeah, I think just handles. Yeah. All right, just handles. Uh, we'll say Aaron's name because... Because uh, we already did. Eh, we already had him. Falcon Wolf has been super supportive since our Patreon went live. He's been one of our most active fans, or number one fan, you might say. Uh, he even sent everyone on the podcast a set of dice. Well, everyone except for me, which is fine, <laughs> cool. I have lots of dice, I guess. <laughs> He's also been the only Patreon subscriber to send in a custom NPC and or magic slash cursed item. Uh... Maybe we'll see some more of those soon, and maybe we'll see those popping up in the game here soon. Anyway, thank you, Falcon Wolf, for all your support. You rock. Up next, we have Scar. S-C-A-A-R-R. -R. What's up, Scar? Scar runs an amazing Twitch channel called The Neon Swamp, where he does some badass tabletop role-playing all the time. We've been on a few games ourselves. Ryan is regularly. Neon Swamp. Check it out. Neon Swamp. Hell yeah. We also have good buddy John Evans, who did not give us a handle, so we have to give his first and last name. 
So if you would like his social security number, please go ahead and call in. That's at the fifty dollar Patreon tier. Yeah. Yeah. We have to we have to actually add that tier for John Evans' personal information. Social security number. He's a good buddy. Great gamer. Awesome dude. Thank you, John Evans. Look at this team. We're gonna do great. Hopefully. You know, maybe it's also worth shouting out to Mansfield, Ohio. Um, because for some reason, we are the most famous in Mansfield, Ohio. I think that's a data center or something. Yes, that's probably just a server. Well, if it's not a data center or server of some kind, and you live in Mansfield, Ohio, and you're a super fan, go ahead and call him. Shout out to you, anonymous system admin in Mansfield, Ohio. Thanks for keeping us running. Well, if you are real people, get in touch with us. Almost all of our downloads come from there. Oh my god. Somebody get Johnny some water. That like loves us. The AI's like, holy shit, this is Yeah, great. do AIs listen to podcasts? I mean good question. Should I not have shouted Mansfield, Ohio out? I feel like I never thought about the fact that they could be robots. It's definitely robots. If they are robots, we definitely want to give them a shout out so when they ultimately take over, we're on their side. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with Wesley one hundred percent. Together we are robots. And you know what? Thank you to Together We Are Robots for their awesome music and somehow having the perfect song for every chapter of this adventure path. Check out Together We Are Robots on Bandcamp. Buy some jams, give them a donation, do whatever you gotta do. Show some love to this awesome chip toony folk rock band. They rock. Well, thank God you guys don't have to worry about robots here in Ustalav. You know, maybe a couple continents over, they have to worry about that shit. Or a couple countries, maybe? It's like next door. Yeah, like right across the border, they have <laughs> aliens and laser guns and robots. But fuck that shit, we got Ghosts. spooky stuff. Ghosts and zombies. Okay, the timer on me drawing dicks on your calendar is running out, so... Oh, come on, I just deleted all the dicks. <laughs> oh, oh, God, no, oh, come on, God, oh, it's in my mouth. Come, come on. All right. All right. We're leaving. We're leaving this. We're leaving the calendar. We're going back to the map. Going back to the swampy map where you fought this vicious phase spider. All right. Last week, after stopping on the road and meeting the Crooked Kin, a traveling group of sideshow circus performers on their way to Leopardstad, the leader of this troupe Caleb Hess had requested a little assistance. It turns out one of their own had gone wandering off into the swamp to pick flowers and had not been back for a few hours, and it's getting dark. You tracked her down to this shallow bog where you defeated this phase spider, at which point you searched the area, poorly, I might add. What? Too late, you already rolled. But you did end up finding not only evidence that this creature had been luring people here to feast on for some time, you also found a submerged people-sized cocoon with the lifeless body of one Elise still inside. 
you ripped it open and picked her up and decided to bring her back to the camp of the Crooked Kin. With good news and bad news. Now, one thing that we did skip past was while you were searching around and finding this body, Ozel Broadtusks is going to have to make one, maybe more, fortitude saves as he is still under the effects of this vicious phase spider's venom. All right, all right. Before um, this, before she dies in this cocoon, um, d- due to our inattentiveness, we thoroughly checked her for life, and she is already dead, right? There's no saving her. You did not. Described her very dead. Yeah. Well, she had a pale, lifeless body. Lifeless body, okay. I think you described her as, like, blue? Yes, almost kind of a bluish tint to her skin. Would you like to make a heel check? Can we all do that, or does it have to be trained? You can all do that. I think think lifeless really led us to believe that she was dead. But sure, let's do some heel checks. Things are not always as they seem. So... I know there's not critical fail for these things, but I rolled a one. She looks fucking uh, ready to go. Sit. <laughs> Flora accidentally stuck her hand, like, in this lady's heart. <laughs> Sid is going to give a little diviner's fortune to Stormac. He seems like he'd be good at this kind of thing. Yeah, not the healer. What's the bonus on that? Uh, it's a plus one. All right, well then, 15. For heel check. I mean, shit, I'll give one to Ozil too. Oh, it's not really reuse it. I can do it like seven times a day. No, I, I don't think that's gonna work. But I'll roll it just in case. Would you like to try and aid Ozil? Um, do you want me to try and aid? Sure, I'll try. And, I'll aid. I I aided in case. Uh, I rolled a thirteen total, so. Alright, so Ozil aids, and with Diviner's Fortune giving a plus three total to Stormax 14, making it a 17. Stormax, you're carrying Elise's body out of this shallow bog clearing, and at first glance, you all kind of just assumed she was dead. Uh, she has pale blue skin. She is unmoving. Seems like a corpse for all intents and purposes. However... Oh, it's a Frodo situation. As you are carrying her body out of this clearing and into the swamp on your way back to the camp, Stormak, you feel in your hands a slow, faint <sighs> heartbeat. Ozil! Ozil! She's alive! Um, I won't be a stickler, but how quick does this go? Because I gotta pass some fortitude saves real quick. Well, I'll, I'll say let's do those now, because this would have happened in the time you were searching the area uh, before you found Elise. Okay. I have one save, right? You have one successful save so far. Okay. I I think that might do it. 
I rolled a 17, believe it or not, which I think my fort's pretty low. It's at a plus four. It's a 21 total. A 21. <sighs> it's going to pass. You're all right. Yeah. Fuck yes. He wanted you to be poisoned so bad. I know. I did. I love hurting you guys. Of course you do. So as you're searching around, your body fights off this venom. And your muscles stop aching. You feel like you're getting better. And after you leave the area with the body in tow, Stormak calls out to Ozel saying that she's still alive. And go. Quick, Stormak, put it down on something dry. He does. Um, he just sets her down on top of Flora. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just put her on. Um, would we know that at this point, I think, after uh, Sidril got the uh, knowledge check on the phase spider, that this would be some type of uh, strength damage? Yes, he could probably tell you it was constitution damage. Oh, sorry, con damage. Whichever damage it was. Whichever damage. This is Sid telling you about the poison. <laughs> Insert Sid. Nailed it. Uh, Oza will draw his wand of lesser restoration and use the wand to cast lesser restoration. Lester restoration. Lester rester. Lester rester. It's a D4 plus one, right? Just a D4. It's just a D4? Just a D4. That was a D4 plus your level. You thought incorrectly. Okay. Anyway, that's three on the D4. So she should get three con damage back. So you cast Lesser Restoration on Elise's lifeless husk of a body. And a couple seconds later, she starts to spit and sputter. Maybe a little mud comes out of her nose and <laughs> coughs and a little bit of color starts returning to her skin. She is still unconscious, but looking much better. Stormak, roll her over, roll her over. It's a, it's a miracle you found that, Stormak. I pretty much had wrote her off for dead. Yes, it, it's amazing. She lived through that. And now that she's, now that Elise is verifiably alive, Stormak is like, taking a step away from her. He was carrying her like she was passed away, you know? But now that she's alive, he looks a little, I don't know, embarrassed perhaps? But he's like, Flora, would you care for her? And and he kind of steps away. What? What? Flora's like, I don't fucking know what to do. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. <laughs> she like picks the, the unconscious lady up and hucks her over her shoulder like a fireman carry. <laughs> oh boy. Is don't up oh, Flora, please do not let our patient's head in the in the back in the water. She's still alive. Yeah, I got it. I got it. We're good. She's just walking along with dragging the feet. You said you like threw her over your shoulder. Not like into the mud. She's like a full size human with a half wing. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> it's like dragging her through the fucking pond. <laughs> I don't know. Someone handed her to me. That's the best I can do. Lord, dry land, dry land. All right. <laughs> Will you, uh, I'm not sure if there might be another one in there, but uh, if I was a, uh, 
avoid Spider, I would probably hide some stuff in that cave. I'll, I'll deal with the patient. Stormak goes back in the cave. I'll take a look. And he pokes around to see if there's anything else to worry about. So Stormak goes back into the little cave to check things out. Yeah, just to make sure there's nobody else in there or anything that we might need to worry about. All right, give me one more perception check. Uh, that's a three on the die for a 13. All right, so you go back in to make sure there's no more danger or victims. And you see a couple, like, floating bits of clothing, maybe like a boot. But nothing of note. You don't see any more spiders. And you don't see any more bodies. Good. Alive or dead. Good. Now, as you come back out, what is the plan? What does everybody do? You gotta get her back to her people and, I guess, rest for the night and keep it moving next yeah. day. Obviously, take her back to the fucking... <laughs> to the, who are they? It's a great band name. The Crooked King. The Carnies. The Crooked King is a great name. Oh. Alright, so why don't we have some more survival checks? I know you love those. To find your way back out of the swamp. Oh no. <laughs> Daisy. Daisy, take her to people. <laughs> Go home. 21 for Stormek. 19. A 17 for Flora. Okay, then um, 16 for Daisy. I only got an 11. But Well, Stormak, between picking up on the tracks that you followed out here in the first place and maybe picking up on some that you left while you were coming out here, you're able to make it through the swamp. And it is dark and muggy. And after a few hours, you finally make it back to where we actually left off last week with you coming out the edge of the swamp and seeing the lights of the Crooked Kitten's camp. As you approach with Elise's body in tow, how do you proceed? Uh, quickly. You say we have Elise's body like she's dead. Yeah, yeah, I don't... Are, is she alive or is she dead? Well, being dead and owning a body are not mutually exclusive. You do believe her to be alive, although still very unconscious. Um, throughout our journey, I would like to have continued aid. If she worsens, I'd like to get her better. If that happens along the way. Who was the guy we met? Who was their ringleader? One Caleb Hess. Mr. Hess! Mr. Hess! If you would! Has anyone seen Mr. Hess? As you approach, calling out for Mr. Hess, the wolf child comes out from around one of the wagons, barking wildly. <laughs> Once he sees and recognizes who you are, he stops and his tongue comes out and he starts panting friendly like... Daisy goes up to play with him again. He immediately starts being friendly with Daisy, running around in a circle, sniffing each other's butts and stuff. And after a second, Caleb Hess comes around from one of the wagons and says... Well, all right now, the heroes have returned. Now tell me, did you have any luck? Indeed, Mr. Hess, please uh, clear some room. And once he sees Elise's body in your arms, he's like, Oh, good Lord, is she all right? Oh, yeah, please, come in, come in. Everybody, clear the way. He leads you in and then 
pushes everything off of the table under the little tent there, and he says, By the gods, what happened to her? Is she all right? Flora will flop her down onto the table unceremoniously. <laughs> uh, watch your head. Unceremoniously? What, it's, you're not <laughs> passing the baton. <laughs> Twas a phase spider, Mr. Hess. A, a spider? What, what, what do you mean? What do you mean, spiders? I, I don't understand. Poison, sir. She's been poisoned. Poisoned by a spider. By the gods. Uh, is she alive? Is she gonna make it? Just give it to me straight. Yes, she's alive, but I don't know if she's okay. Well, is there anything you can do? Please, uh, we would be lost without Elise. I can't imagine. I, I believe that we have uh, brought her back. The only thing is, uh, I can only provide her a few more healings today. But I will try. He will say a prayer and uh, channel positive energy for everybody, I guess. Please, anything you can do at all, I'll be much obliged. Oh, she's such a dear part of our family. I, I can't believe we let our eyes off of her long enough for her to get into this much trouble. Oh, oh, gods, no. Fair enough. A glowing blue light will er erupt out of Ozil. Ooh, nice. You're probably not going to believe this either, but that was uh, double sixes on my channel dice. Okay. Uh, that's 12 HP for everybody in the area, if anybody's down. I was down a little bit. And as you do that, Elise slowly starts to open her eyes, and you see a couple of spider bite wounds on her neck close up. And she's like, oh, Caleb... Oh, Elise, darling, you're all right. Oh, thank the gods. Oh, you have no idea. And then Letty and Poppy run over, tears running down their face, and start kissing and hugging their sister. Caleb says, oh, You have no idea. I, I, I had stopped and asked several nope. travelers on the road to help us. You were the first ones to say yes. You, anything, anything you could ask for. We owe you more than you can ever know. You truly are big damn heroes, my friends. I will, uh, reach over and punch Stormac in the shoulder. Mouth the words heroes and point to us. <laughs> heroes. He said it, not me. Caleb says, please, my friends, uh, please set up your camp. Uh, make yourselves at home. Uh, we'll make you uh, the finest dinner you've had in years. And, and, and even breakfast. Uh, would you like something to drink? Oh, my, I can never repay you enough. Uh, perhaps you'd like some traveling partners uh, on the way to Leopardstad. That's where we're headed to, you see. We accept your invitation, sir. Well, that is just so nice to hear. Now, normally we have some hired help taking care of us on our travels, but uh, this year it seems we are more than ill-equipped to travel the environs that we need to to get to our destinations. Environs. <laughs> we would feel just so much safer having you as part of our caravan. In our caravan. On this last part of this journey. Now, please, uh, let me get some dinner started, and I'll introduce you to the rest of our quirky little family here. You've already met Elise and Poppy and Letty. I think Sid is kind of just sitting off to the side, taking his boots off, dumping muck out of him, and watching from afar. <laughs> oh, yeah. Start pre prestidigitating the, uh, my boots dry. Flora's, like, nodding her head at her own boots, like, hello. Could you? Elise, Poppy, and Letty here are our resident blockheads. 
Okay. <laughs> or perhaps it'd be more prudent to give you a little demonstration. Uh, Poppy, why don't you show the gang what the, what it is that you do? And Poppy sits up with a big smile on her face, and she stands out in front of you, <laughs> pulls out a hammer from the back of her pants, and then a big, what looks like, almost like a railroad spike, and starts hammering it into her nose. Like, kunk, kunk, kunk. <laughs> kunk, kunk, kunk. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Then, of course, we have the talented Tam Garrick and Yosef, uh, a.k.a. the Swarm of Clowns. And you see the two men with three arms and the one man with three legs come out and start juggling, throwing pins and balls in between each other, doing cartwheels and backflips and all kinds of little tricks. And then, of course, we have exiled royalty from the Mwongi Expanse, Prince Zar, a.k.a. the Human Caterpillar, along with Trollblood, our resident giant or strongman, if you will. And you see this easily 12-foot-tall, massive man duck under the doorway to exit a tent, and he is holding on his shoulder a Mwongi man with no arms and no legs. And he kind of holds him up with one hand and brings him back down and sets him on his shoulder as he walks towards you. Uh, here's some handouts. Here's one of Trollblood. Aww. Oh, the great Andre, Andre the Giant. Trollblood sets Prince Zar down on the bench next to you. And Prince Zar waves one of his nubs says, Ah, oh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Trollblood is just kind of like smiles really big. He's like, ah. All right. That's all he says is, nah. <laughs> <laughs> and it is my great pleasure to introduce you to Lydia Gerard, the most beautiful bearded lady in all of Oostalove. And you see the big lady with the massive beard down to her knees do a little curtsy at you and smile. And of course, you've already met the wolf child. Uh, we just call him WC. And WC comes out and starts howling at the moon. Oh, oh, oh! And then, of course, our good buddy, Hap Tarvin. He runs the resident flea circus. And out from a tent comes this four-foot-tall, bent-over man with a hunchback and tattered rags and robes. He's like, yes, hello, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, perhaps you can see my show. My little babies would be so pleased to perform for you. That picture is literally going to give me nightmares. That, that guy is fucking terrifying. And last but not least, our Vudrane princess, Lady Sajir. And a woman comes out of the tent, decked to the nines in beads and ornate jewelry and a veil over her face. And you notice she has four arms. She bows down and curtsies and gives you a seductive glance before going and sitting next to the fire. It's uh, impressive, or perhaps sad, how many uh, noblemen and noble ladies wind up in the circus. I sneaking suspicion they might not be truthful about that. What? Really? The circus people don't tell the truth? Yeah, they might not be real princesses. I don't know. I mean, this is great. 
it's good to see people that aren't just uh, racist humans around. You know, it's good to see a little diversity. And he's stoked. Yeah, and everyone, now that they're out and introduced, is sitting around the fire, drinking, having a good time. And the swarm of clowns are juggling and rolling around doing tricks. And, uh, yeah, what, are, what is everyone else doing? Uh, Flora's never really been into strangers in general, so she's just kind of staying close to her friends at the moment. The closest person is Sidriel, so she's just kind of hanging next to him. Like every time a new person got introduced, it would stop messing with his boots for a second, kind of get like a half wave and go back to the boots, and half wave and back to the boots. <laughs> Stormax polite and, uh, you know, making eye contact and nodding, but kind of keeping his distance. Forearmed lady is interesting. You see Kendra is making herself right at home. She's sitting next to the fire, drinking and laughing with the bearded lady and the human caterpillar. Uh, Some of the people here have problems communicating in different ways, but for the most part, they're friendly and easy to get along with. Caleb Hess comes up and he's like, I'm so happy to introduce you to my family here. You know... We don't get a lot of love wherever we go, apart from uh, the people that throw money at us and enjoy our entertainment. But I am just so happy to have met you and, and for you to have helped us in the way that you have. And I cannot say how happy I am to possibly have you traveling with us and have the protection of some big damn heroes such as yourselves on the way to Leopardstad. You see, we make most of our money there this time of year, and apparently, it is all a ruckus there in the city. We're looking forward to making a pretty penny. Honestly, it, uh, with all the skills that you guys seem to possess, it seems like you could protect yourself, but uh, we can accompany you to Leopardstad, if you would like. Yes, well, if our enemy was boredom, we could protect ourselves just fine. Unfortunately, there are much more wicked things than that in these, um... How do you say... Uh, what the fuck is the word I'm thinking of? Environs. <laughs> well, I almost said that, but then I got made fun of. <laughs> yes, in these environs. <laughs> I mean, how far are we from Levitz? <laughs> this isn't Flora. This is, like, how far are we? Can we see it? I feel like we were right there. Well, he said, we're about a day's travel out of Leopardstad, I'd like to think. Now, we've been on quite the journey ourselves. We usually have some hired protection for these trips, but uh, this season has been, how do you say, unkind, so to speak. Have you been to Leopardstad before? Oh, yes, well, we make it out there once a year around this time, and it's generally the highlight of our tour. We tend to do very well there, but apparently the city is just teeming with out-of-towners, and, oh, they love to throw their money at us. Have, Have you heard of what's going on? Have you heard of this trial of the beast, so to speak? Yes. We have, yeah. Yes, well, apparently people from all over are flocking into town to see this hideous creature put to justice. Now, we don't know from 
which way is up or down as far as the trial goes, what's innocent, what's guilty, and who says what, but we sure do know an opportunity to make some coin when we see one. You catch my drift. Perhaps he's not so hideous. <laughs> Perhaps he's just misunderstood. Yes, well, I am inclined to be sympathetic to that notion. I myself have come to love a number of misunderstood outcasts, as you may have very well seen. Perhaps he is just a misunderstood creature caught up in the trials and tribulations of your everyday man. They can be a daunting thing. I guess you never know until you know, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I understand what you mean, Mr. Hess, and I, I feel for it as well. Uh, do you know anything more about any of that, or...? Well, apparently he's been put on trial for a number of crimes, and he's been talked about for a number of years uh, as a scapegoat for who knows what and lots of people's different problems. I don't know which way from what as far as what's true and what's not, but I just hope that we can make a good bit of coin off of the people flocking to this location. That's fair enough. Respect the grind, Mr. Hess. Yes, indeed. Well, I respect you respecting it. Now, are we plan on getting up bright and early and heading out to make our way to Lepistad. Is the, that notion palpable with y'all? Palpable? Palpable? Yes, we will travel with you, sir. Well, I say, that just makes me dandy as a lion. Can I say how happy I am to have you traveling with us and have the protection of some big damn heroes such as yourselves? Now... I say I must retire in order to get up bright and early, but please feel free to eat and drink as you please. Make yourselves at home. Uh, the rest of my constituents may very well enjoy your company as the night goes on, but I must get some rest myself. Um, would I feel like we would still do our shifts, right? Uh, definitely. I mean, these, these guys seem like they'll stay up with whoever is sitting there around the fire during the shifts, but uh, I feel like we should still take shifts real quick. Okay, regular order? Yeah, same order, right? Sure. Yeah, the usual. Alright, so you guys set up your tents and whatnot, and Ozil's shift is first? Yep. Alright, and before your shift even starts, Kendra, she looks like she got a little bit tipsy hanging out with the bearded lady and the human caterpillar. <laughs> and I think at some point she stumbles over and is like nodding her head over towards the tent and trying to uh, hint at Sidriel that it's time to go to bed. Hey, oh, what's Sid doing? Is he looking around like a He's deer not, in the headlights? Not going back to the tent. <laughs> <laughs> I picture her coming over and trying to hint to Sidriel silently that it's time to go to bed and nodding over towards the tent, but he doesn't really pick up on it. And after a few seconds, she gets a little frustrated and just grabs him by the arm and drags him over there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is that fair? Yeah, 100%. All right, just checking. So, Ozil, you see the three Blockhead sisters uh, have been pretty quiet and caring for their sister Elise this whole time, and they go to bed fairly early, as does Haptarvin, the flea man. And... The swarm of clowns 
continue to juggle and play with the fire and drink and laugh. The bearded lady and the human caterpillar are staying up, having delightful conversations over drinks most of the night. Towards the end of your shift, Trollblood gets up and goes to bed. Is there anything that you would like to do on your shift, Ozel? I have a project that I'm working on, and I'm going to continue to whittle on the, um, what did we kill? The Oh, the Bargas Teeth. All right, still working on that project. Right on. And other than the rowdy clowns and the bearded lady and the human caterpillar having loud conversations, your shift goes by uneventfully. I go and wake up Stormac. During Ozil's shift, Stormac was just sitting by the fire with his eyes closed and his hands folded in his lap, meditating. He uh, opens his eyes when Ozil comes towards him. So zen. He's trying. Stormac, you come out for your shift, and you see Prince Czar and... Lydia, the bearded lady, their conversation starts to die down a little bit, and they end up heading off to bed. A swarm of clowns even stops juggling and heads to bed, too. And you notice Sajir, the four-armed Fudrani princess, has been just quietly sitting next to the fire and just staring into it, seemingly in deep thought or maybe meditation as well. Stormak has been eyeing the forearmed ladies uh, extra arms and he's he's fascinated by her existence but he's too polite to he just wants to be that guy from Mortal Kombat Goro yeah that'd be awesome Goro thank you yeah it's probably not something Stormak is likely to have seen before a four lady or, or forearmed lady four ladied four ladied arm four ladied arms is my new band name <laughs> About an hour or so into your shift, maybe like you look away for a second and then turn back, and Sajir's just not at the fire anymore. You can quickly look and see that uh, she's getting into her tent. She just very quietly and quickly got up and left. Is there anything specific you'd like to do during your shift, Stormak? Mm, no, not really. I guess I'll just I'll, I'll walk around at some point. Right on. Just kind of. Do a little perimeter check. Yeah. Right on. So yeah, you do a perimeter check and walk around. You keep an eye on things. And other than the constant crickets and the random wildlife sounds in the distance, your shift goes by fairly uneventfully. I believe Flora is up next. Is there anything specific you'd like to do on your shift, Flora? Not particularly. All right. Well, at this point, everyone's gone to bed. Uh, You can still hear the swarm of clowns playing cards and drinking in their tent. Uh, But maybe halfway through your shift, they even quiet down, too. The candlelight goes out. And your shift also goes by uneventfully. I believe Sidriel was next. Yep. Who looks calm, relaxed. Yeah. Anything specific from Sidriel? Is he rested? As much as he needs to be. <laughs> um, nothing special for so Sid, humble. just the usual spell prep and whatnot. 
All right. Your shift goes by uneventfully as well, and the sun comes up as you're preparing your spells for the day. And, yep, just like Caleb said, he gets up bright and early and wakes everyone else up, and they start packing up camp just after dawn. Everyone is working together to break down camp and pack up the wagons. Trollblood fixes up some coffee and some oatmeal and salted pork, and everyone takes a break to sit down and eat some food. While we're all having breakfast, uh, Sid is going to go take a seat next to, what's her name, Elise? That's right. Hey, hey Elise, how you, how you feeling this morning? She still looks pretty pale, and she's like barely eating, and she says, To be honest, I kind of feel like crap. Yeah, it's a pretty scary trip out there. I heard you're out there looking for flowers? I had a whole bundle, but I, I don't know what happened to them. Uh, Sid's going to cast a mage hand, and from his pack, pull out one of the flowers that he picked for while they're out in the swamp. Aw. And she gasps, and like, Oh, I really liked those ones. I I didn't know they could fly. So just, and he kind of like pulls it back for a second. He's like, okay, you can have it, but you gotta... You gotta make me a promise. Oh, what? Yeah, you can't. You can't go wandering off by yourself like that. It's it's dangerous out there. You got good friends here. I know my friends love me. Oh, oh, I I promise. And he kind of like looks at all his travel companions, partying it up with the clowns and whatnot. And your your friends are very important, and you you, know, you can't just go travel in the world alone. It's a scary place out there. If nobody's with you. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. Okay, and then I'll give her the flower. Uh, she gives you a, as big a smile as she can in her weakened state. And she says, uh, thank you, Mr. Sidwell. And kind of shuffles off to go show her sisters the flower. And uh, just a moment later, as you're watching her walk away, you feel a hand on your shoulder. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry, son. I didn't mean to spook you now. Uh, I just wanted to offer you some sort of token of gratitude for saving our our girl's life here. Now, now we don't make much more money than we need for supplies on the way to Levittstad, usually. Uh, we make most of our profits once we get there, you see. So while we cannot offer you much in the way of hard currency, I would like to give you this. And he hands you an ornate dagger. It's very beautifully made. It's black iron with intricate designs along the blade and the hilt of isometric spirals made out of these sort of spiky vine-looking designs. Almost immediately gonna throw up the old detect magic on that. It certainly detects as magic. Uh, would you want a spellcraft or arcana to identify it? Spellcraft, I think. Yes, spellcraft. Why don't you take it from the man first? <laughs> He's just like waving his hands around at the guy. <laughs> yeah, I just am taking it and like just firing up the. Uh... <laughs> so funny. Fourteen. Fourteen. That is enough to be able to tell that this is a plus one humanoid parentheses shape changer bane dagger 
Those are stabbing werewolves. Well, there's a lot of different kinds of shape changers. If only it was made of silver. Man. Caleb says, oh, This knife was uh, given to me by a dear friend who's sadly passed away. Treat it well, or do with it what you will. I'll leave that up to you. Now, if you'll excuse me, I think we're just about ready to hit the road, if uh, that's alright with y'all. Yeah, yeah that, that's fine. Thank you. But of course. And yeah, everyone's ready to go. You get your shit packed up and hit the road. Unless there's anything else you guys want to do before that. No, let's, let's do it. Let's move. Alright, everyone hops aboard their respective wagons and you have this caravan of nine black and purple wagons accompanied by your two wagons hits the road north to Lepidstad. There's a fair amount of people on the road uh, compared to most of this journey. Uh, you come by a few slower groups of people that seem to be heading to Lepidstad. Let's go back to the travel map. Oh yeah, the dick towers. Uh, and we're back. <laughs> Children. Oh no, there's no dicks on Lepidstadt. It is pure, undicked. Whatever shall we do? It's your hometown. But... But there's no dicks there. Which is why you left and traveled the world. I don't go drawn on my own dicks hometown, <laughs> alright? <laughs> Whoa, those could, those could be cannons. Those are that's cannons. Exactly those are cannons nice. fortifying the walls. Oh man! Oh, that's cannon. <laughs> you gotta give some depth to the dick. All right. All right. All right. That's enough. So as you travel north, you leave the foothills of the Tusk Mountains behind you, and the land starts to flatten out. Uh, you see scattered farmlands uh, and and a lot more swampy terrain. Across the river that you're traveling next to, you can see the Shutterwood in the distance, this massive imposing forest. And before long, Lepidstad is clearly in view before you. The roads are getting busier with, seems like a lot of people are heading to Lepidstad. None of them really seem like chatting on their own though, unless you talk to them. And as the city in the distance gets closer and closer, after a good solid day of traveling, you finally arrive at your destination. The city of Lepidstad. What are all these giant dicks? Uh, <laughs> these phallic-shaped cannons? <laughs> That's your party. <laughs> waka waka. Alright, you're cut off from the travel map. Mostly because you don't need it anymore. Because you have arrived at Lepidstad. Why don't we go to the map of Lepidstad? You will be entering here at the southwest of the city. And as you approach, you notice just massive amounts of people crowding the streets in and out of the city. Just unruly crowds almost. Like, not rioting, but rowdy and packed tight. The crowd is being kind of funneled through the main gates of the city uh, by a number of guards on either side. Uh, Caleb Hess runs up to your wagon at a certain point. Mr. Hess. He says, oh, hello there, father. Uh, 
Yo, things are a little rowdy here. I think um, some of the young ones are getting a little unsettled. I think we might pull off to the side of the city and wait for it to cool off a little bit before we go in. Now, go along your business. We'll, we'll, we'll find you again. Thank you so much for your help. And he kind of, like, waves as he's running back to their What's wagon. What's this uh, Stonehenge-looking thing to the north of the road we're coming in on? Yeah, so as you're approaching the main gate, uh, just to your left, maybe 20 feet down the wall, there is a large stone structure. It looks like an incomplete ring of, like, 10-foot-tall stone slabs. And then in the center, there's this, like, maybe 20-foot-tall spiraling black monument in the center. It looks like it has some kind of designs on it of some sort. And as you approach the gate, you can kind of like join the wave of people with your two wagons, uh, but it, it is packed tight on this path, and everyone is kind of crowded together really close. There's maybe four guards, and they're just trying to keep people in control and keep them from hurting each other as they just funnel in through these gates. And there's other wagons and stuff too, but even though they're like tightly surrounded by just tons of people. Flora, you've never seen it this crowded before in the whole time you've lived here. Yeah, so she's like, what's going on to the nearest guard? What you haven't heard? The beast of Leopardstad's been caught. They're putting him on trial. Everybody's losing their shit. <laughs> yeah, but are you, are you checking bags or something? I need to get to my house. Oh, look, darling, that's not really my problem. We're just trying to keep the peace. People are going absolutely mad out here. We put out two fires today. Okay, well, I've got a couple of carts, and I need to get through. Can we? Can you make some space? Well, just be patient like everyone else. A lot of people are going to get a lot of places. Come on now, keep it moving, keep it moving. Don't block the road. And he kind of ushers you along. Okay. And after a minute, you do get through, and... As you come into the city, it is like even more crowded in there. There's people hawking wares and produce everywhere, but even those booths and carts are getting like crowded and knocked around a little bit. Where do you head? Uh, well, I think we probably want to drop the carts off. Yeah, we want to go to Kendra's, I imagine, to drop off the stuff. All right. Yeah, or we can just go to the academy. I hear the academy is nice. Would you guys like to go to the academy? Sidriel. The academy? Patience. Sidriel, you're <laughs> helping us unload the books. You read them more than I do. I can't lift all of them by myself. Uh, just, uh, and he just shuffles through his bag and he, like, presses a scroll into your chest. Here. Kendra, where is your home? Where are we going with these wagons? Hold on, what was the scroll? Yeah, what was that? <laughs> scroll of Unseen Servant. Uh... <laughs> No, Sidra, just wait. We'll all go together. Just be I, patient. What am I to do with this? I can't understand it. Arcane. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, um, anyways, uh, Father's Townhouse is just a few blocks past Anatomist Alley. Uh, I can show you the way. It's like going on vacation with a teenager. I say absolutely fine and just crosses his arms and slumps himself back into the wagon. <laughs> so she gives you directions and uh, you head down this main road for a little while and it looks like it leads to the town square and there's some huge kind of wooden tower in the center of it and it looks like the crowd is particularly unruly up that way so she suggests taking the back roads. It might be a little quicker anyways. And... Eventually, you come to 
professor's townhouse. Flora, you recognize it. And you stop the wagons and get out. Kendra says, Well, here we are. I haven't been here since I was a young girl. I certainly don't remember the city being this raucous. It's a little intimidating. Yeah, it's not normally like this. Yeah, but normally people get to do what they want to do when they get here. Oh, for heaven's sake. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell you how excited I am to sleep in a warm bed. I do hope you all stay for dinner before you um, find other accommodations. Oh, so you can unload all these wagons yourself then. Okay, see ya. And Stormak just, like, raises an eyebrow Ow. like he's made a hilarious <laughs> joke. Oh, yes, um, well, of course. <laughs> Flora kind of <laughs> awkwardly, like, chuckles and whips out a um. ring of keys and opens the door and walks in. <laughs> oh, well, isn't that handy? What the fuck? Uh, Flora used to watch over this place for my father while he was in Ravengrove. But yes, I think that we're all pretty weary from the road. Um, perhaps we just find something to do with the wagons for tonight, stow them somewhere, and then uh, worry about unloading everything in the morning. Yes, we can stow your wagons for you, and then you can worry about them in the morning. Stormak. Uh, yes, uh, very well. <laughs> v- very well. I can certainly afford to... Hire some help and get it taken care of in the morning. I thank you so much for everything you've done. I do hope you'll still come back for dinner, though, tonight. I mean, I I live here, right? (laughs) 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 So Flora Flora comes back out with like a, a... overnight bag over her shoulder and she's like okay Kendra we'll see you in the morning and starts like trouncing off down the street as if she knows where she's going Kendra will walk up to Sidriel and put a hand on his shoulder Sidriel I've had a really lovely time getting to know you this past month or so it's been magical really but oh no (laughs) see what you did there (laughs) it's just that it's been a little while since I've had some space and time to myself. Um, you understand. Ozil, come with me. Uh-oh. Ozil, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> Run! <laughs> oh, no, I can. I'll, I'll just go to the library then. Oh, um... You do have a library, right? Well, not exactly. <laughs> All my father's books were packed up and sent uh, to Ravengrove. A study, perhaps? Unfortunately, the study was turned into a sort of storage unit. A desk I made set up? Well, perhaps I could bring you to see the university tomorrow. That would be a nice trip. Oh, yeah, no, university. Okay, yeah, well, it's on slip. Yep, university. Sidriel, my lad. Um, come, come. Um, we, we must uh, look over <laughs> the books. Um, come on. Come on. Guys, I, there's this really good tavern around the corner. I've been thinking about it ever since we left Raven Grow. Let's go. I need some food. All right, fine. Well, Kendra, I'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Oh, yes. Um. Okay. Um. No. No dinner then. That's okay. I. I I'll see you soon, Citril. She seems a little flustered and kind of distraught, trying to find the right words to 
say to you this whole time. Damn dog. Sid does not seem distraught at all. It has not even occurred to him what's going on. <laughs> okay, Abed. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so what's the name of this tavern, Flora? Oh, fuck. Um, the Rusty Bucket. Eh. What? Four out of ten. The Rusty Dragon. Nope. Can't do that one. The Lusty Barmaid. <laughs> Alright. One more. The, the, um... The... The... Oh, fuck, I don't know. I've run out of something. Sky. You're thinking about it too hard. Just start rattling them off. Tavern name. Oh, she's calling it in. The Dying Goat. That does absolutely sound like a place the floor of a drink. Nailed it. Okay, Dying Goat. <laughs> or the Dead Goat. How about the Dead Goat? Alright, yeah. I'd buy the Dead Goat. <laughs> You're biased. <laughs> so you head to the dead goat for food, drink, and lodgings, I imagine? Yes. Well, as you come into the dead goat tavern, there's music playing. It's fairly crowded. There's a lot of people drinking and having fun and a couple people dancing. Mostly halflings. Mostly halflings? I insist. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's a halfling bar. That's probably why you like to go there so much. Thank you. Yes. Is it going to have, like, the tiny chairs they have for, like, kindergartners? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's probably only a, a couple tables that are regular size. It's not okay. Or for medium-sized creatures, I should say. Uh, there's a decent-sized halfling band playing up on the stage. There's a flute player, a lute player, and somebody playing hand drums. And a fist whistle. Okay, yeah, and a fist whistle. No, they're all dead. No. Too soon, bro. Well, yeah, you come into the dead goat. It's popping off. What do you guys do? Flora uh, orders herself a shepherd's pie and sits in ravenous anticipation. Anticipation of what? The shepherd's pie. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, of course, darling. Our specialty. Uh, can I get you anything to drink with that? Just your biggest, your biggest ale. Oh, I know just what you want. Coming right up. And she goes back and comes back with a big stein that takes two hands to lift up. Uh, it's actually probably just like an act regular stein for most people, but in a halfling bar, it's a little big. She came back with the normal person stein? <laughs> yeah, it's like as big as her head. The imperial pint? She takes a huge swig and like an enormous mouthful of the shepherd's pie, and then she just like sits there with her eyes closed, and she's like... <sighs> What's the bartender's name? Mary. With two R's. Oh, I haven't seen you here in a hot minute. Flora, dear, where you been? Um, Mary, it's so good to be home. Stormac orders the same as Flora, and he also requests a room for the night. Uh, a solo room. Oh, of course, dear. We can get you anything you need. Uh, we should have enough openings for the lot of you. I, I can't help but ask. Um, if it's uh, if it's not a, a medium-sized creature room, uh, could you at least pull the bed out so I can sleep on the floor? <laughs> I don't I don't want to assume the size of the rooms around here, but uh, ho hopefully it would be large enough to fit uh, at least one of us, right? <laughs> I'd like a room that doesn't even fit one person. <laughs> 
Oh, don't be silly. <gasps> We've got everything you need. No, don't you worry. We'll take care of you. Okay, yes. Uh, that sounds nice. Or are you going to introduce me to your friends, Flora? Or am I going to have to do it myself? Yeah. Yes. I I made some friends. Merry Bright Tree. Pleasure's all mine. What brings you to town? Oh, we're here on Lorimer's request. Do you remember Professor Lorimer? Ah, Petros. Dear Petros, yeah, I, I did hear of his passing. So sad. Yeah, I, we went to his funeral and, and we're bringing his things back. Oh, well, isn't that nice? You always were such a nice girl, Flora. She'll give you an empathetic smile and put a hand on your shoulder lightly. She pats Mary's hand. So have you heard about this ridiculous beast business? Yeah. What's, uh, what's happening? Well, the whole city's run amok, full of foreigners and tourists. Uh, they've all come from all over to see the Beast of Leopardstad be put to death. Can you believe it? The Beast of Leopardstad. That can't be real. Oh, that's what I said. But no, apparently they've caught him and they're putting him on trial like a real person. Everybody's damned bloodthirsty waiting to burn him alive in the Punishing Man. They've been building it in the damn square all week. Monsters. Aye, that's just what I said. I, I don't care if he's evil or not, burning the poor thing alive. Absolutely horrid is what I think. Me as well. You can hear like an accent sneaking back into her voice. <laughs> and Flora, maybe having lived here for quite a while, uh, you've probably heard of this punishing man. It's essentially this archaic form of execution or corporal punishment that the city of Lepidstad would use for its most heinous criminals. It's basically a giant wooden man with a cage in it that they burn mm. while the guilty party is within it. Good grief. I've, I've definitely heard of this. Oh, Mary, that's terrible. You're not going, are you? Oh, heavens no. I want nothing to do with it. None of my damned business, if you ask me. But I suppose I can't really complain about all the business it's been bringing me. We've been packed full every night. Is it actually a beast? Have you seen it? Oh, no, I haven't seen it. Apparently they've got him locked up at the courthouse, though. Some big fuck-off monstrosity. I don't really care to, either. That sounds a bit gruesome, if you ask me. <laughs> Hope you don't find the city these days too obnoxious to stick around a bit. If I can sleep in my own bed for a day or so, I'll be happy. Oh, well, it's lovely to have you back, dear. It'd be nice to see your face in here every so often again. Oh, you can bet on it, Mary. Oh, bet on it. Oh. Oh, I got five on it right now. <laughs> yes, well, you and your friends are always welcome here at the Dead Goat. Let's have a hug, then. She gives the lady a hug. <laughs> I forgot it was the Dead Goat. <laughs> <laughs> After drinking for a little bit, you know, you see lots of people coming and going. Uh, mostly halflings, though, still. You notice, standing taller than most of the people in the bar, Kendra walking through the front door. Oh, what the fuck? Oh, good. I, I was hoping I'd find you here. A good guess, I suppose. Um, is Ozil with you? Ah, uh, Lady Kendra, did you, did you not notice us over here? Chair and table above everyone else. <laughs> yes, well, you do stand out in a crowd. Um, well, I came uh, to give you this. Uh, a letter for you I found uh, at my home. 
when you asked me to send that letter for you in Tamravena, I had it sort of magically expedited for a bit of extra silver, and I gave them my address as a return address. I hope that's okay. Uh, why, why, of course, Lady Kendra. Uh, thank you. Um, how much do I actually owe you for the, uh, you know, first-class <laughs> magic uh, service? Um... <laughs> Oh dear, um, it, it wasn't that much really, let's, let's just not worry about it, shall we? Um, if we can, uh, if we can wait until Friday, uh, I think a paycheck will come <laughs> through and, um... Oh, don't be ridiculous. I c- c- could be able to take care of that, um... Ozil? Why, thank you. I mean it, Ozil, you, well, you all have done so much for me. I, it's really the least I can do. You've all been so kind, and if I'm being honest, it wasn't that much money for me. But I just wanted to make sure you got this, Ozil, and I think I'm going to try and get some rest. Right after I take the longest bath known in history. Good night, Kendra. Oh, good night, sweetheart. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye, Kendra. And good night, Sidriel. Um, um, I'll see you in the morning. Uh, Father Ozil will take that letter and pocket it. Not, he's not going to open it. He's just going to put it in his pocket. You wondering about my correspondence, Flora? They paid priority mail on that thing. You might might be important. <laughs> uh, She's too busy eating her shepherd's pie. She's not paying any attention. I guess you're. I guess you're right. Uh, he'll open up this letter and uh, read this letter. Do you guys remember that he sent a letter? Back in uh, Tamravana. Yeah, you had us take it into town. Exactly. So he'll read this letter and then look uh, kind of confused about the situation, and then kind of fold it back up and put it into his pocket and look pensive. Is everything all right? You look pensive. <laughs> More pensive than usual. It's good to see you at home, Flora. The nature of this bar brings out the accent in your voice. Oh, oh, uh, she gets all embarrassed. Just digs into her meat, into her meat pie. Gross. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's a very odd circumstance. Uh, I, I shall see you all in the morning. It's been a long day. Did we talk about where we were ever going to meet the Crooked Kin or if, if they were performing at all? Oh my god, did we just lose them at the gate? We traveled with them and then we completely forgot about them. Well, no, no you, uh, you got split up with them at the gate because they went off on the side to wait for the crowd to die down. But yeah, you never asked them where they were going to perform or where to meet up with them yet. Whoops. I mean, I imagine they're going to be pretty easy to spot. Yeah, they're going to be advertising their location, so... Yeah, purposefully trying to be found. So, as the night goes on, it's getting pretty late now, uh... Is there anything else you guys want to do tonight before trying to hit the hay? Well, I mean, if you guys are staying here, then I guess Flora's walking home by herself. Which is fine. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Flora's going to finish her pie and beer and stumble home. Right on. As Flora stumbles with a buzz maybe out the front of the bar 
Ozil's looking pensively over a letter he got. Sidriel, perhaps oblivious to getting the cold shoulder. <laughs> Sorry, he's got prestidigitation. He can warm it. <laughs> I think Stormax trying to get a lay of the land, um, and he wants to know where Flora's at, so he'll offer. Uh, Flora, may I walk you home? Oh no! Don't don't bother, Stormac. I just I'm around the corner, and my um ship. What's he called? When I'm a squire, who's he? My knight. Um, knight. My... Uh... The hell is he? Mentor. My, my Oslin. <laughs> Mentor. <laughs> He's. I, we're just around the corner. I'll be fine. You get some sleep. Thank you, though. I would sleep better if I at least knew where you were. She'll, like, take you out the door and point at a street. Like, so I'm just, like, two streets down and around the corner. I'll be fine. You can watch me walk down the street if it makes you feel better. He does watch her, uh, and he waves when she finally turns the corner. And you can see Daisy is an enormous dog that's taking up most of the street. She's not scared. She's fine. <laughs> and as Flora and Daisy disappear into the alley to go home, Stormac watches them, make sure they get most of the way safe at least. And camera will pan up into the night sky. And you have finally reached the destination of this long, arduous journey. And that's where we're going to end it this week. Yay! So happy to be at Lepidstat! Good job, guys. Fuck yeah, we made it. We finally did it. We made it. Are we there yet? We're there. think of uh i want extra arms too bad